I'm Reverend J. Stuart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. We are continuing with our series on metabolic health with our special guest, Stephen Beard, who is a nutritionist as well as a diabetes prevention lifestyle coach. Stephen and I have decided to uh, do this series um, to help people make better informed decisions as they head into the new year um, with all of these <laughs> resolutions regarding their health and perhaps maybe even misinformed. Um, so we just pray that they're led to the response of uh, making uh, wiser decisions when it comes to their health. And um, some folks may ask, might ask why and how does a, a health you know, discussion fit into the platform of faith and spirituality? Well, I'll remind you that Jesus said that we should love God, love our neighbor as we love ourselves, and and we propose today that loving ourselves includes taking care of ourselves. So today, we are going to be talking about cholesterol. We're going to be on the numbers and decoding high cholesterol. So Stephen, welcome back to Faith Talk, and it's showtime. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? And thanks for the fantastic introduction. Um, so as Reverend... Glover uh, mentioned, I'm Stephen Beard, and I am a nutritionist as well as a board-certified health um, and wellness coach and um, a diabetes prevention coach as well. Um, I am a type 1 diabetic, was diagnosed uh, roughly around 24, 25 years ago, and it is what sparked my interest, my passion, and my desire um, to be in the uh, health sector that I am in um, with a holistic and functional approach to not only help myself, but also others um, really dial into uh, their health and help improve uh, lifestyle, chronic illnesses and diseases that we are being told that we can, I guess that we are stuck living with for the rest of our lives. Um, but in actuality, there are ways that we can actually improve you know, our health and uh, reverse uh, what we have been diagnosed with. Mm -hmm. Stephen, before we go any further, would you be able to tell us, I know you mentioned in conversation that you were starting up a new uh, platform with a new name. Um, can you give us any information about that? Yeah, so uh, my previous business name um, was really just, uh, it was ideal body fitness. Um, and that's when I actually had my brick and mortar business, um, which was a health and fitness studio. So it was more or geared around just nutrition, um, as well as fitness. And since I've continued my education, got my board certification, and I'm currently in functional medicine studies, um, I actually, I guess, evolved my business name um, into Holistic Synergy. Um, so that's what it currently is. And currently working on uh, building out uh, my website. Amen, nice, very nice. So again, today we're talking about cholesterol, uh, cholesterol and um, so where do we begin? So good, good question. Um, I would like to just start with just letting everyone know what cholesterol actually is. Um, most people don't even know what it is. So um, cholesterol, it's like a waxy, uh, fat-like substance that is found um, in all the cells of our body. So 
just like anything else, anything in abundance can be toxic to our body. So cholesterol is needed by the body and it does have um, health benefits. Um, certain things like uh, cholesterol is needed to make um, hormones, um, vitamin D, and also to help us digest food. Um, but higher levels of cholesterol um, can increase the risk of things like heart disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess I can go on and just say, you know, with high cholesterol, you can develop fatty deposits um, in your blood vessels uh, because some people are like, okay, what are the causes or what can cause, you know, things if you do have high cholesterol. So, you know, the cholesterol, when it's high, it will develop fatty deposits in your blood vessels. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, these deposits, they will grow, um, making it difficult um, for enough blood to flow through your arteries. Um, mm-hmm. and, and most of the time, these deposits will break and then suddenly form a clot um, that can cause um, things like a heart attack or a stroke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I hear um, people say there's such a thing as a good cholesterol and a bad cholesterol. Yes. Yes. So, um, cholesterol, it's carried through uh, your blood. And um, when it's carried through your blood, it is attached to proteins. So, the combination of the protein and the cholesterol. Um, is called a lipoprotein. And then there are different types of cholesterol based on what the lipoprotein carries. So they're broken down into two main categories, uh, like you said, the good and the bad. So the bad cholesterol is given a name as low-density lipoprotein, which is LDL. Um, And this specific cholesterol transports cholesterol particles throughout your body. Um, And it's the LDL cholesterol that builds up in the walls of your arteries, making them hard and narrow. And then the good cholesterol, like you said, is referred to as high-density lipoprotein, or HDL. And the HDL uh, picks up excessive cholesterol and takes it back to your liver. Um, and it takes it back to your liver because the liver plays a major role in metabolizing cholesterol. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess we could talk about maybe for a little bit the some of the foods um, perhaps that contribute to, that introduce bad cholesterol into your body. What would some of those things be? Um, certain types of food, it's going to be consistent across the board, which I'm sure everyone who's listening already knows. Um, processed, heavily processed foods. So when I talk about poor diet, um, which is a risk factor, you know, eating too much saturated fats, um, eating too much trans fats, um, and then saturated fats, you know, are found in fatty cuts of meat, um, and in full fat dairy products. And then trans fats are often found in packaged snacks and desserts. So more or less the foods that most of the population gravitates to and loves to eat on a daily basis. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so the <laughs> um, that label that we see on products that says cholesterol free, it, it doesn't mean that you're getting something that you're not paying for. <laughs> uh, not necessarily, no. <laughs> you know, I have learned over my years the FDA doesn't really require a lot for um, a mar- a company to be able to market a specific type of food to be heart health or great for cholesterol um, and stuff like that. So you really have to be able to understand how to read a food label, really understand how to, to read uh, the ingredients, you know, that is actually listed in the packaged food. And then sometimes I just tell people, if you don't really feel like reading and researching, then just stick to more plant-based types of food, your fruits, your veggies, um, because they don't really come packaged. You know, your beans, your grains, your lentils, um, you don't really have to worry about it that much. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so um, maybe we can talk a little bit about the um, the the telltale signs, if any, of high cholesterol. So I'm looking at something that, that mentions, it uses the term silent progression, meaning that it usually often progresses without symptoms. You're absolutely correct. Um, up to today, um, high cholesterol has no symptoms at all. Um, the only way to actually get tested for high, uh, you know, high cholesterol is through um, blood work. Um, and at blood work, you know, you would get done through your PCP um, or at a lab. Mm-hmm. And again, it's important that we familiarize ourselves with the results of those tests and without waiting for anybody to. I mean, of course, a, a doctor will probably tell you or have somebody call you. My experience is that they call you and tell you, uh, maybe review the numbers with you. That's been my experience. Um, but... I think that we should get used to um, uh, getting familiar with the numbers and the ranges and um, know what's going on in our bodies according to our blood work. 100%. And, uh, you know, just to add to that, when we get, uh, which is referred to as a comprehensive metabolic panel, Mm -hmm. um, a blood work completed, um, what we're First off, what we're looking at is our total cholesterol numbers. So, um, you know, our total cholesterol numbers, um, which is normal, is less than 200 milligrams per deciliter. Um, So when you're looking at, I guess, your results, that would just show 200 mg with a slash and then DL, um, which stands for um, milligrams per deciliter. And then uh, borderline high uh, total cholesterol is uh, from 200, I believe, to 239 or 240. Mm -hmm. Um, And then anything over 240 um, from a total cholesterol um, is considered high. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we did mention briefly the the bad sources or, or foods that are um, contain things that contribute to cholesterol being formed in your blood. Um, what are some of the foods that would um, 
encourage the, the, the good cholesterol? So foods that would um, encourage the good cholesterol, which would be the HDL. Um, complex carbohydrates. So complex carbohydrates are also more or less unrefined foods. So unrefined just means foods that more or less comes in its whole form. So I'm not trying to, I guess, push um, plant-based eating. But, you know, as we continue to have these conversations and as we continue to look at these lifestyle um, illnesses and diseases that we in this country um, are, are facing, everything points back to nourishing the body and using food as medicine. And that is more plant-based eating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, again, it goes back to your fruits and your vegetables and why fruits and vegetables you know because your fruits and vegetables have the specific vitamins and minerals that are essential for the body number one but they also carry specific phytochemicals which are referred to as phytonutrients based on the color um, of the fruit or the vegetable and this is why maybe someone listening has heard eat the rainbow and I'm not talking about Skittles, the candy. I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> um, eating the rainbow, the variety of colors um, of fruits and veggies. So you're getting the, the benefits of all of them because each phytonutrient from each fruit or vegetable based on the color has specific functions that help fight or prevent um, a lot of different types of illnesses, diseases. They help support specific types of organs um, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So your fruits, your vegetables, um, your grains. Um, and then if you do eat meat, um, you want to make sure that you stick with grass-fed. Um, if we're talking about red meat, meaning beef. Um, but that still needs to be limited. Um, you know, to like one to two servings, you know, I always suggest one to two servings, maybe biweekly and a serving is four ounces, not eight ounces, 10 ounces, 16 ounces, or 24 ounces. Like you can order at a, at a steakhouse. Hmm. Um, and then if you are eating, you know, fish, for example, um, you want to make sure that you're eating wild caught. Um, and again, you know, uh, limiting your servings, you know, with, with that as well. Um, and well, how then about also- this? How about this? I, I've seen people <clears throat> making, trying to make adjustments to their diet and they, and now we're talking about a very simple adjustment here, <clears throat> but they get a salad, they make a beautiful salad and then they pour half a bottle of ranch dressing <laughs> off the top of this salad. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, number one, look at the ingredient list and look at the uh, the food label on the back. So you are actually aware, number one, of how much saturated fat um, is in per serving. And then learn how to actually understand what a serving size is. Because the serving size for any type of salad dressing is one tablespoon. So I've looked at people 
uh, and watch them make a salad and put dressing on it. And they're probably using anywhere from four, five to six servings of a salad dressing just on their one salad. Mm-hmm. And so, so what, what are alternatives to dressings like ranch dressing that I, you know, so I always just suggest um, keeping it basic and just using um, olive oil. Um, and then you also have balsamic vinegar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's many, many uh, recipes on uh, the internet um, that you can just even just Google. Um, and you can just Google homemade salad dressings and you can even make your own. And, you know, I would suggest that would be the healthiest way of doing it. Um, If you do have a supermarket like an Aldi, um, I have come across some fantastic salad dressings um, that literally have one gram of sugar to zero grams of sugar, added sugars, Mm -hmm. um, as well as the grams of fats are below three grams per serving. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also... You can look for specific dressings that are labeled Whole30, because Whole30 um, is a program um, that um, eliminates added sugars um, and saturated fats, and it's more whole food based. So those types of salad dressings are more uh, plant-based types of uh, salad dressings. Yes, they're probably double to triple the price that you would pay you know, for a regular bottle salad dressing. Um, but when you're looking at your health, uh, that should be priceless. Mm-hmm. Now I've, I've, um, I know people, um, that have gone to the doctor and, and they've detected high cholesterol, the bad cholesterol and, and have prescribed statins in one form or another. Um, and I think doctors prescribe medicines like that because they basically don't have a whole lot of confidence in us making radical changes to our eating practices and or exercise practices. <clears throat> but I've heard some um, um, some negative feedback in, about statins and the use of statins. Do you, do you know anything about that? Um, I really haven't, <clears throat> to be honest with you, I really haven't gone that far in depth. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the clients that I have been able to work with um, who has had high cholesterol. They have literally just stood on their own two feet and told their doctors no. Mm -hmm. They did not want to go on medication for it because they knew that there was something that could help improve their numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, and I was very, very happy to hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, For others, you know, really just depending on how high the numbers are, I've also had a couple clients, again, you know, um, high numbers of total cholesterol, um, you know, is higher than uh, 200. Um, and I have seen people who's been in the 800s and 900s. <laughs> so if it's astronomically high like that, then I would say, yes, go on the medication to help bring it down. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, then it stays that high you're really putting yourself in jeopardy for a heart attack or a stroke, but using that medication as temporary assistance while you try to focus on adapting healthier lifestyle choices um, to be able to get the numbers down 
holistically yourself and then eventually weed yourself off the medication. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> you know, last time we talked, you talk about, okay, so we talked about dietary changes, but you also mentioned the, um, the muscular, the development of your skeletal muscle and how important of a role that plays in, in good health. So, um, how does, um, you know, exercising and building muscle or strengthening muscles that exist already, um, lead to managing high cholesterol in what way? So, yeah, so, um, exercising regularly is a huge, huge component, um, because everything that we have spoken about so far and that we're going to continue speaking about in our series is all tied into metabolic health. So, um, healthy skeletal muscle, um, is going to, um, help the entire metabolic process and all of the systems that coexist and are intertwined, um, that rely on each other, you know, to operate and to function properly and efficiently. Um, so it's not just one piece of the puzzle, it's many pieces of the puzzle that has to work cohesively together. So there's harmony. Uh, that's kind of like a word that we use in the holistic world. You know, the body needs to be in harmony, um, you know, for things to actually work and function properly. So you do want to make sure that you're exercising regularly. And studies show that if um, as minimal as 30 minutes of physical activity um, on most or all days of the week. And for me, most is at least five days um, and then all obviously a seven days a week. And I always say God built the body to move. He did not create the body to be sedentary and to sit. So I'm not saying we need to be in the gym exercising every single day, but I do say that we do need to be up walking and moving um, every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, if somebody is uh, like, I, I was talking to a friend the other day who, who himself was diagnosed with diabetes and cholesterol and kidney problems. And um, he told me that he has a friend who has a, who just had a, a, a kidney transplant. And yet, every day you see him, he sees him walking around with a, um, I don't even have to mention the names, but fast food burger places bags every day. You know, and so he still, he got the transplant, that wasn't enough, and he, he still maintains this diet as, as though nothing ever happened. Um, he, he, he was not led to change his diet or his exercises, he just went ahead and got the, the, um, the transplant. But what, I guess what I'm getting at is that we are called to, um, a respond, to an appropriate response to our health. And we need to make changes. And sometimes I believe that change might not. And the first thing we think about is going cold turkey from everything that we have ate. And, oh, I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to have that. And that might be good. But <clears throat> there's also the idea of perhaps just begin by adding some good things into your diet. Like if you <laughs> if you have a regular diet of, uh, of fast food burgers and, and french fries, perhaps if you add, <clears throat> begin some adding the fruits and the vegetables and, and you know, that's another approach to to modifying your eating habits of adding something in good. I, 
I agree with you 100%. And that is my approach with every single client that I work with. Um, you know, I've been doing this roughly for what, six and a half, seven years now. And um, most of the times uh, that I, the people that I work with, there's some sort of, uh, I don't want to call it an eating disorder, but most people emotional eat or they will binge eat. So, you know, when you try to go cold turkey or you try to remove a lot of things, then that's going to cause more unhealthy behaviors and relationships with food. So, like you said, you know, if you stick to what the way that you're currently eating and if you just add a piece of fruit with every meal or if you incorporate a handful of veggies with every meal, eventually as you continue that process week after week month after month and we focus on eating those foods first before mm -hmm. you d dive into your french fries or that big macro whopper eventually you're going to become satiated and full from eating the good stuff that you're not really going to have the appetite to continue eating your french fries or the bad foods that's left over. So from a psychological perspective, that's an easier transition and improving your lifestyle um, versus, like you said, trying to go cold turkey. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned psychological. I, you know, when COVID first came into our lives uh, and we were evicted from the normalcy of our lives, um, one thing that happened... <coughs> excuse me, is that <clears throat> people started gaining weight. They're staying in the house. And I know even myself, we, we you know, you're in, locked up in the house. What are we going to do? Well, we, we binge watch Netflix. And, and what, what should we do now? Let's eat again. <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up, we ended everybody ended up gaining all this weight, kids included. <laughs> and um, so what I'm getting at is the um, somehow stress finds um, its expression through our eating habits. And you, you mentioned binge eating. Um, <clears throat> so sometimes in answer to stress or conditions, we pick up food. We're not hungry. <laughs> we just start, um, you know, putting things in our mouths out of sometimes out of boredom, sometimes out of uh, some stress condition, and that's our response. So I think if we can learn to identify that as a behavioral issue, um, that can also help us. You're 100% correct. And uh, stress management is actually one of the ways to, uh, to be able to lower your LDL cholesterol um, and to help prevent cholesterol, um, high cholesterol, if, if we're speaking to someone who doesn't have um, high cholesterol yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, so I think we've um, just about run out of time. Stephen, do you have any closing thoughts on this idea of cholesterol and, and detection and management? Um, I, I, like I always say, number one, if we are not in control of our health, if we're not going to get um, checkups done, blood work done on a regular basis, we really want to make sure that we start doing so. Uh, because as we suggest, uh, as we discussed, there are no symptoms, you know, of high cholesterol. And high cholesterol is part of metabolic syndrome, uh, which leads to an array of other 
um, you know, lifestyle health conditions as well. So let's not be blindsided, um, you know, by our own health and wellness. And let's try to make, you know, this year the year that we all take charge and ownership of our health. And, uh, you know, I don't, it's kind of like the blind leading the blind if we don't have awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I do tell some of my clients, don't be afraid of what the test results show because at least you've already done step one, which is knowing where you stand and that creates the awareness. And then step number two is putting together a POA, which is a plan of action, uh, to be able to improve those numbers. Amen. Well, Stephen, thank you for coming. Um, again, you know, you always bring a wealth of, of um, information to this platform. And again, we our prayer is that the listening audience would be led to an appropriate response, an educated response, and making better decisions. So I'm Reverend Jay Stewart Glover. You've been listening to Faith Talk. I would invite you to, to look out for our, our next episode, which is going to deal with hypertension. And um, we're trusting Stephen to bring his wealth of, of understanding and knowledge to us again. Um, look out for his website, it, which will be called Holistic Synergy. Right, Stephen? That is correct. Good. Look out for the website, and, and, and you can look up Stephen Beard on Facebook. And Steve, thanks for coming. And we'll see you next time. God bless you.